Welcome, welcome. It's so lovely to have you back again for another story time with Silas. You know these stories, however so unsettling, offer us a diversion from the everyday evils that trouble the world. The gruesome beasts that roam these texts, cracking bones and slurping marrow, pale in comparison to the unflinching horrors that are perpetrated before our very eyes on a rolling 24-hour news cycle. As Sartre so aptly put it, hell is other people, a truth we acknowledge implicitly when we choose to look away. But enough of my philosophical musings. A distraction is called for, and one has answered from within these pages. Let us begin. There is no monster in the woods. Written by Dana Floberg. Adapted by Danielle Thewin. Once there was a young man who lived in a village at the edge of a thornwood. The man did his work and all his duties without complaint, but he was forever afraid. There is a monster in the wood. His fellow villagers laughed at the notion. There is nothing in the wood. You're just telling stories. The young man tried to believe them, but he could feel the monster all the time. Over his shoulder, when he went to chop wood lying awake in the hours before dawn. The monster stalked him always. He begged the villagers to protect him, but they teased him instead, laughing at the way he jumped at shadows. One day the young man headed out alone, gathering fruit. As he reached to pick an apple, he felt the monster behind him, its breath hot and wet on his neck. The monster roared like shattering glass and the young man ran. He did not run towards the village where the people mocked his fear. Instead, he ran deep into the thorn wood. The bramble scratched his skin and tore his clothes, but still he ran until the monster's thudding hoofs behind him began to fade. The wood opened to reveal a clearing with a cottage at its center. There were many windows, each aglow with candlelight, and a fragrant herb garden filling the night air with a soft scent. The light had faded, and the young man was cold and far from home. Cautiously, he stepped up the stone path and knocked at the door. The door opened slightly at his knock, and the young man stepped inside, sighing happily as the warmth of the foyer surrounded him. Hello? Hello. The man looked around but saw nothing save an empty chair beside the hearth and a bare coat rack by the door. Sorry to intrude, but I'm lost and in need of shelter. I come from the village at the end of the Thornwood. Do you mind if I maybe stayed a while? Not at all. It has been a long time since I've had company. The voice echoed around him, and the man wondered if perhaps he was dreaming. It seemed that the cottage itself was speaking to him. Please sit. Rest. As the young man sat in the armchair, a mug of hot cider appeared on the small table beside him. He sipped at it, feeling the cold wash from his bones as the fire danced in front of him. 
Do you... Do you belong to anyone? I suppose I belong to myself. No one has seen fit to make me their home. Well, then I am quite lucky to have you all to myself. The cottage shivered with embarrassed pleasure, the shutters rattling softly against the windows. The man looked toward the sound, and as he turned back towards the fire, he spotted a wooden door with a brass handle. I would like to explore a little bit. Are you sure? Most of my guests prefer to stay in the foyer until they are ready to return home. And a lovely foyer it is, but I should like to see the rest of the house. There is... rather a lot of it. Then I shall have plenty to keep me entertained. As the young man rose from the chair, the brass handle turned, and the door opened before him. Watch your step. The young man set off to explore the cottage. As he wandered through door after door, he discovered that it was not a cottage at all, but a castle so extensive and eclectic that he was still exploring as the morning light began to paint the windows in soft shades of peach and rose. Each room led to another, tall towers and cozy kitchens, and echoing galleries. There was a laboratory full of equipment, and a greenhouse filled with fragrant plants, and a bedroom with a thick quilt of patchwork cats. But the young man's favorite rooms were the libraries. There's so many stories. Have you read them all? Yes. Some of them are my own stories, and some are stories I keep close to my heart. The young man trailed his finger over the spines before plucking a small burgundy volume from the shelf. Shall we read this one together? Only if you wish to. I will not be upset if you are bored or tired. On the contrary. And so the young man read to the castle, staying another day, then another, until he stopped expecting to leave. There were always new rooms to explore. Some rooms the castle was eager to share with him, sunrooms and balconies, and a swimming pool with a butterfly habitat. Other rooms the castle was less certain about sharing. One afternoon, the young man spotted a dark staircase with a heavy door at the bottom. What is that down there? Down there is a dungeon. It is not my favorite place. Do you keep any prisoners? Scores of regrets and a whole cell block of mistakes. I'm not afraid. In the evenings, the young man told the castle his stories. He spoke of the village and his travels and the way he would pickle the fruit of the thornwood so that it would last through the winter. One cold night, he told the castle of the monster. Sometimes, I am afraid. I'm afraid that the monster will come for me here, and then I'll have put you in danger as well. The castle seemed to draw in around the young man, warming him. If the monster came, I would close my gates and lock my doors, so it would not get inside. I am a fortress, and I will protect what is precious to me. The young man slept an easy sleep that night. The days passed, and the winter turned into spring. The young man ventured outside to walk in the herb garden. The sun was warm on his face, and he walked further into the thornwood, searching for saplings to make into a wreath. He walked so far that he came across the villagers picking fruit. Look at your hair. You are so changed. I've found a castle with the whole world inside of it. Ah, you are still talking in fairy tales. I am not. It's a beautiful castle, and I'm happy there. How can you be happy when you are so far from home? Come back with us, where you belong. 
The young man refused, returning to the castle without the saplings he had meant to collect. He continued to think about the villagers as he sat in the armchair, the flames warming him. The castle was wondrous and safe without a doubt, but the monster no longer troubled him. He had not felt a dark presence as he walked through the wood, and it would be sad to leave the castle, but he would be safe in the village now, and after all, there was a certain romance in tragedy. This has been a wonderful adventure, but it's time for me to go. Adventure? I am not an adventure. I am a citadel, a haven, a realm. And I'm a man who belongs in the village. You could return. No, I will not return. But I will be alone. Yes, but I will write to you. It won't be so bad. The young man picked up his things and paid a fond farewell to each of his favorite rooms. He did not notice the way the door frames quaked behind him. When he set out through the thornwood, all the castle's windows and doors burst open behind him, gaping empty, each sill and frame a distended cry. The young man returned to the village. The villagers still teased him, but now, whenever he sensed the monster, he wrote to the castle instead of telling the villagers. The letters were long and full of stories. He sighed over them with a satisfied melancholy, and once each was finished, his fear would be gone. When the letters arrived, the castle cradled each one like a fountain cradles coins. The gutters wet. The winter cold slipped in through the open windows and doors and settled in the vacant hallways, carrying branches and dust. The castle watched the wind rustle the letters, making them dance in the empty rooms. One day, a different postal worker came to the castle with another letter from the young man. She looked at the broken gate, the shriveled garden, the puddles of rain warping the floorboards by the open door. Pardon me. Are you waiting for someone? No, but I am waiting for a letter. I never know when they will come, so I must be ready. Must we get in pretty cold in there? That's all right. No one lives here now. The postal worker surveyed the building thoughtfully. Do you mind if I hang around here for a spell? Oh, if you want to. I'd invite you in, but... That's fine. The postal worker put away the letter in her hand, then reached up to latch a shutter that was flapping in the wind. How about I help you with some of these weeds? It would be nice to have company. After that, the postal worker came often, though she didn't bring any more letters. Sometimes she brought tools, or cans of paint, or packets of seeds. And she and the castle would spend an afternoon talking and fixing rusted hinges or drooping fence posts. Sometimes the postal worker would bring friends, and they would sit in wicker chairs in the front garden and laugh and tell stories. The castle's windows would glow with a fierce light behind the stained glass. Sometimes the castle invited the postal worker inside for dinner, or a cup of tea, and they would talk late into the evening, but the postal worker never stayed the night. You might as well stay. The castle said one such night. Nobody lives here. Oh, somebody does. The castle thought about it long and hard. When the postal worker next came to visit, she saw the broken gate had been fixed. It opened at her approach and closed behind her. A year passed. In the village, it was again time to go into the thornwood and gather fruit. But the man was more uneasy than ever. The monster was stalking him again. He could hear its slumbering footsteps everywhere, smell its animal musk. 
He wrote more letters to the castle, but they no longer soothed him. His fear was thick. The monster is back. It hunts me. Enough of this monster. We're tired of your games. But the man could feel the monster closing in, and he grew desperate. One night, as he stood at the foot of his bed, he heard massive hooves scrape across the floor behind him. Too afraid to even scream, he leapt through the window and up to the night. The monster followed the man through the thornwood once again, its hooves thundering in time with the man's heart. Brambles tore his clothes as the man dashed towards the castle, through the gate, and to the front door. He yanked it, but it did not budge. It's me! Quick, let me in! The castle's windows gleam, and it looks much bigger than it had when he left. You said you would not return. Yes, but I'm here now and I'm scared! I will not let you in. The garden looked larger now, nearly double in size, thick with roses and morning glories and bright golden poppies. Through the glass in the door, the man could see coats on the coat rack, and from deep inside he could hear music. What? Why? Why won't you let me in? I was so happy here. I am happy here too, and you are not invited. The young man shouted and railed against the door, but the roses grew up like a wall between them. The morning glory's vines wrapped around his feet, pulling him away. The gate slammed shut as he was deposited outside the garden. Behind him, the castle stretched glorious into the sky. The monster grunted and lowed, hot on the scent of its prey. The young man turned and ran back through the thornwood, the ravenous sounds of hunger chasing him like a shadow. He burst into the village, his lungs too starved to speak. Help! Please, help me! Help! Help! Ah! The man tried to call for help, but his voice had become a hideous roar. First brothered across his skin and the villagers' weapons felt sharp against his hide. He ran from the village, his feet, now hooves, unsteady on the rocky ground. Adrenaline coursing through his bulk. The villagers chased the monster into the thornwood. An unfortunate turn of events. Another unhappy ending that brings to mind the old Nietzschean cliché. Battle not with monsters, etc., etc. I have found that monstrosity, much like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder, and when one looks for monsters, they often find ones of their own creation, ones that we often become all too eager to slay. Still, you can always safely return here, knowing that there is no monster. Good night. The narrator was played by E.T., man by Adam DeWeese. The cottage slash castle was played by E., villagers one and two were played by Simon Piercy, and the postal worker was played by Tessa Harriel.
a Majestic Goose podcast. Honk. Honk.